everyone, welcome to the AYO podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about challenges, in particular, the challenges that orchestral musicians face when they're preparing difficult repertoire. Today, I'm joined by AYO flautist Jemima Drews and AYO flute tutor Lisa Marie Amos. Welcome, both of you. Hi. Hi. It's great to have you both here. Um, I thought we could start by getting to know each of you a little. Um, Jemima, could you tell us a little about yourself and your time here at camp so far? Hi, so um, it's my first AYO camp, so I'm absolutely just stoked to be here. I'm from Brisbane, and I just finished my Bachelor of Music last year. Um, camp has just been amazing so far because we've just been really challenged to think so deeply about everything that we're doing, um, probably more on a deep scale um, and more detailed than anything I've worked on orchestrally before. So it's just been so exciting to really get into the music. That's great. That's really good to hear. And um, Lisa Marie, you're here this week tutoring our flute participants. Interestingly, you also attended National Music Camp yourself as a participant. Could you perhaps tell us where your career has taken you in between and what it's like to be back as a tutor? Oh, yeah. Well, it's great to be back here as a tutor. And uh, this is my second time tutoring for AYO, I, I was, I think it was 2014 mm -hmm. was the last time that I was a tutor and that was in Canberra. So this is a very different AYO camp to yes. that one because it's shorter and, and, and I live in Melbourne so it's actually really convenient. Different it's quite atmosphere. nice to be able to go home to my own bed each night. Um, but uh, look, AYO um, has always been just such a wonderful experience for me when I was younger. I mean, it really helped me so much. It just gave me so much insight into playing in an orchestra, it galvanised my goal of being an orchestral musician, which I'm very lucky, I'm very grateful that that's, you know, I've had a career with that, um, which has just been great. So I'm, I'm currently principal flute with Orchestra Victoria. I've been in that role for 15 years. Um, previous to that, I was overseas for a couple of decades, actually, having left Australia when I was 18. So... Um, Really, it was the AYO experiences. that Those were the, my final experiences, really, in Australia before heading overseas. Yeah. And I think what's incredible about AYO, it's not just the music making at the time, but it's those connections that you make and how you touch base with those people all around the world, which is what I've, I've found and continue to do that. All those people that you meet and then continue to create music with in the future. Yeah, it's a very strong community. Mm. So at National Music Camp this week, the Alexander Orchestra has been working on Debussy's Prelude à la Comédie d'un Forme, known in English as Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn. Jemima, you've got a s an especially challenging role in this piece because you are essentially playing the part of the fawn. Um, could you maybe tell us a little bit about the background of the work? Yeah, sure. So the, um, the, the fawn is it's very based on Greek mythology. Um, so there's a lot of this really impressionistic and very, very Greek uh, imagery going on. Um, and the flute's kind of used to tie it all together like Pan's flute, as so many flute solos are, especially in the orchestra as well, and also Debussy's syrinx. It's all sort of the same world of colours and imagery and just this really lavish texture where there's just no hard edges and just it, it's very colourful and just really important to evoke different moods. So it's a really fun one to, to look at what you can do with tone colour and sound and, and the different ways you can express because there's this one main motif that keeps coming back and back and back and it's multiple keys and multiple instruments as well. 
Um, but each time it comes back, you kind of want to think of it a little bit different. And so it's, it's really fun to examine how you can make the same notes a completely different color or sound world to take up a different aspect of the poem that the work was based on. Um, so that's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's sounding really great so far. And um, Lisa Marie, you've been working with Jemima this week to help her as she prepares this work. It's one of the staples of the flute repertoire. When did you first encounter it in your career? Um, in a youth orchestra setting, and that's really helpful, I think, because in the professional world, they don't spend, like in rehearsals, you don't spend a lot of time on this piece. So with the way that the flute actually starts the whole piece, it's just really important that the flautist is, just as Jemima was saying, is, is evoking the, that right mood right from the start. Um, yeah, so in a professional setting, you might get one or two goes at it before you actually have to do the performance. So <laughs> this is really huge. nice <laughs> to be able to sort of, yeah, really get an understanding of that type of playing. And it's just such a unique work as well. Um, interestingly, you know, for Ravel's Bolero, he has the flute also starting there, you, you know, with that, that solo line. So maybe they, I don't know, maybe they got ideas from each other about <laughs> how to do that. <laughs> but it's very unusual. And just the flute starting the whole piece is just so odd, really. It, there's nothing like it. And also uh, the writing is so interesting because it, it sounds like you're sort of making it up as you go. It just sounds like an improvisation. But it's not. It's, <laughs> it's so detailed uh, with the notation. He, he really keeps you in a tight rein. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> just very, very interesting writing. But um, as I've gone through my career, I've had to play this piece many, many times. And as I said before, often you might get one, perhaps two runs through before the performance because it's just assumed that you know what you're doing. And they just, you know, conductors mostly will just sort of let you have free reign as to where you're taking the solos. Um, but I have actually had the opportunity to play it many times with ballet as well because it is also a ballet. So in the ballet setting, you have less um, ability to move around with the music um, because there's that other factor of what's going on stage. So that could be quite interesting. But I had shared with Jemima and the, and the other flutes a, just a, a story about um, a ballet setting that I had had, uh, had a whole season of playing this work where it was a part of a triple bill and it was the second piece in the triple bill. The first piece being a really big percussion string, piano piece, and of course it's in the pit. So totally different setup to the afternoon of the fawn. So in the break time, the crew are in there pulling apart all the stands and reconfiguring everything and there's absolutely no time to go in there and prepare. You know, normally if you play this work, it's on the stage. You have all the time in the world. It's the first piece in the program. You can settle yourself and get <laughs> into the mood and everything <laughs> and just be really prepared for what you want to say. But in this instance, it's like I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for them to get everything set up. You rush in, make sure your stand is okay, make sure <laughs> your chair is okay. Bam, there's the A, off you go. And so be in no the zone. Prep. But you've still <laughs> got to be in the zone. That's right. You still have to evoke that mood. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting doing it that way so yeah absolutely so I suppose working in a youth orchestra working through it is a really good opportunity to spend that extra time oh on this yeah piece. 
Yeah. Yeah, you'd never have that much time, so it's it's great. Yeah. And it's a very important piece for us. Obviously, it's a very challenging part. Um, perhaps you could talk us through some of the main challenges and pitfalls in the part itself. Mm. Well, it, it possi- probably starts on the worst note on the instrument. <laughs> 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 it's like C sharp. It's it, The flute is at its most open on a C sharp mm-hmm. because you, you literally just have one finger down right at the very end of the tube, which is really just because if that finger's not down, then you literally can't hold the instrument <laughs> up at that point. So it has, yeah, something has to be, something has to be holding the instrument up. So it's, I guess it's at its most raw, more, most naked, and it's a note which doesn't have a, a lot of focus necessarily. It can be a bit out of tune, and to try and balance that note as the starting note, uh, to balance that with all the notes that are to come, yeah. is really hard mm-hmm. because it's just. That's not a not a good note. <laughs> so <laughs> Jemima, what do you think? Would you agree? Um, yeah, definitely. The C sharp is just it's such an interesting choice for any composition, but it's really um it's a great note in a way as well, even though it's horrific to, to <laughs> play with, with no reference point. Um it's also fantastic because there's no fingers down, you can literally change the tone colour to be anything you want. So each time that C sharp comes back, you can do something different with it tone wise and tone colour wise. So I think Debussy was clever as well as mean in choosing <laughs> the C sharp to start, but yeah, it is a challenge definitely. Tricky but versatile. Yes. Okay. Well, I wonder. I wonder whether he chose it because it was the most natural sound yeah. that could possibly come out of the instrument. That's I what I. That's what I'd like to think. I wonder Maybe. if he talked to a flute player about that before writing it. Definitely, yeah. must have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, obviously, you've been preparing in the lead up to camp. But what would you say are the main things that you've learnt um, from working on this piece with Lisa Marie this week? Any particular tips or techniques or anything? I've learnt a little bit not to take the detail on the page for granted, to sort of look in more detail than you think you need to. Because I've, I've worked on this solo for a, for a long time because it, it comes up on every audition list ever, pretty much. <laughs> um, so you keep coming back to it and each time you've got to sort of figure out, oh, what have I actually missed for all of these years? Um, so it was great to get Lisa's perspective because... Um, I haven't worked with her before, so it was it was lovely to see which things she's looking for, because you always want to know what what do the professionals looking out for, um, yeah. which is great. Uh, and the other thing that's been really interesting, because the piece is very impressionistic, it's difficult with the rhythm. Um, the rhythms themselves aren't the worst to compute or anything like that, but to get it all together with the orchestra when everything feels like it's got a soft edge is not easy and to then still keep it feeling organic as well as rhythmically accurate has been a real challenge so they've definitely worked on that in tutorials um, as well as with the whole orchestra Um, so I really appreciated the experience of being able to do that in a lower pressure situation than say having to do that in your first orchestral rehearsal would be very scary yeah absolutely well that's great I'm glad that you've learned so much this week and Now, Jemima, I noticed that you've got your flute with you this morning. Um, Would you perhaps be willing to give our listeners a little demonstration of that main theme that we've talked about?
amazing. Thank you so much, Jemima. That actually feels like a really beautiful way to bring our podcast to a close this morning. We're also excited for recording day on Sunday. I'll let both of you get back to rehearsals. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this morning. Thanks. Thanks so much. That's all from us. Until next time. Bye.